Well, it's good to see you guys. I, um, boy, I've got a, a lot to share. Um, can I jump right in? <laughs> what are you going to say? No! <clears throat> I, so every, every now and then, well, not every now and then, quite often, <laughs> the Lord will hone in on a word and everywhere I turn in, that word keeps showing up and, and the Holy Spirit will just continue to drill kind of or unpack that word. And the word that the Lord was, was unpacking and has been unpacking for me is faithful. That word faithful, like we, we sang it. We sang it his, his uh, uh, to rest in his promises. <clears throat> faithful you are. Remember that song, faithful you, I'm not gonna sing it, but faithful you are. And this whole thing about him being faithful, I begin to think about all the times uh, that scriptures talk about his faithfulness. And one of them, one of them is in Revelation, uh, Revelation um, 3. And it's when, so uh, the, the angels, the, the Lord is speaking to the seven angels of the seven churches. And with each, almost with, with each salutation or with each uh, greeting, is that the same thing as a salutation? Or is that, is, help me out here, Crystal. Is that salutation? Is that the... Is that right? No, it's not. It's not. Okay, I'm sorry. With each greeting, the Lord uh, emphasized a different facet of who he is. So with one of the churches, he said, uh, uh, the one who walks among the candlesticks, the one who, uh, whose mouth, uh, who carries within his mouth a, a two-edged sword. Well, to the church in Laodicea, he says that this is the message from the one who is the amen. So we were just talking about every promise was is, is yes and amen. Every promise in him is yes and amen. So the one, he's calling himself, I am the amen. And then he says, I am the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's new creation. And so it's like you take each one of these and you can, you can, you can just unpack. So I'm thinking about that, that word faithful. And then, so probably the, during this COVID Time, the word that, uh, that I have been or the scripture that I have read the most and have had to say it over and over to myself the most is Psalm 91. It says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. E each one, each like if, if you can skim through this thing and get it, you haven't read it yet. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust in him. And then he reminds himself, for it is he who rescues you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. Then verse four, he will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor. In protection. So, ah, oh, his faithful promises is my armor and protection. And I begin to think about, again, there is such a demonic attack or erosion, if you would, against the faithfulness of God in your life. That is the one thing 
that the enemy loves to argue about him to you is his faithfulness to you. Because all of us have a list this long of where of places where seemingly he has not come through. And that list that he's always holding up in front of us acts as an erosion to erode away our confidence in his faithfulness. So as our confidence is eroded in his faithfulness, it causes us not to trust. And it causes us to step away. And before too long, we are singing songs about it, but we do, our heart is not actually in it. This is called warfare. If you're taking this train of thought and continuing in Psalms 91, it says, don't be afraid of the terrors of the night nor of the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Can I just tell you, the one thing that will shake you to the core, to the core, is if you see a thousand people dying at your right hand. As we take our eyes off of what he says and put it on the things that are happening around us, it's an erosion. It acts as an erosion of his faithfulness. Now, you gotta hear this in, in, in maybe, you know, uh, so if you like what I'm saying, uh, don't email me. If you, do, if you don't like what I'm saying, my name's Steve Berger. I'm at Grace Chapel. And so, it's just, <laughs> I'm, I'm good friends with Steve. So anyway. A thousand will fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand. Let me tell you, if you begin, if we begin to pay attention to the thousand or the 10,000, you will get your eyes off of what he's telling you he didn't say that it's not gonna happen to them. He's just saying it's not gonna happen to you. The thing that he's drilling me is, is Jeff, you're gonna stand before me on account of you, not on account of them. It's what I told you. Did you believe what I told you? Not what I, what I told them. So I'm saying there is an attack it's an erosion. The enemy is out to erode God's faithfulness to you. He wants you to hold on to all the places where he has seemingly not come through. And as we do this, we actually step away from intimacy, from being able to trust him and all sorts of stuff begins to happen when that happens. So if you're wondering why it's like, man, I don't feel as strong as I used to. Where is your, where's his faithfulness on your meter? So anyway, now you can stand and we're dismissed. No, you can't actually. <laughs> anyway, that, that hit me during worship. And I was like, oh, wow. Like I found this, this place in me being grieved at how 
over and over, like there was another verse that uh, I can't remember where it is, uh, that I read, it was talking about his faithfulness. I was like, oh my goodness. Like for him to say to the church, I am the amen, I am the faithful and true witness. It's like, oh my, that, 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 he's taken on that identity. It's like his faithfulness is not, none of us are gonna stand before him and say, hey, I tried it and it didn't work. <laughs> it is not gonna happen. Why? Because his faithfulness, he cannot deny who he is. It says that he is faithful even when we are faithless. He can't deny who he is. It's part of who he is. So the thing about him, be, be careful about giving up too quick on God. Be really careful. It might be that you thought that you were reading a, a three-chapter book of your life, and it's actually a 30-chapter book of your life. And actually, you hadn't even got to the good stuff yet. It's just the plot that's kind of being set up right now in chapters one, two, and three. And wait till you see the players that he brings in. Wait till you see the heroes that he brings into your story. Well, we... um, How many people know what today is besides Sunday? Rosh, yes, Rosh Hashanah. So today, today is a day of positioning. Is what today is. I'm going to talk a little bit about that. I, um, you know, every week, the th- one of the things I love about being at this at this church is how flexible you guys are, um, and the the fact that you give me grace and permission to speak when he speaks and then not speak when he's not speaking. That, that is just awesome. That's really, really, I mean, maybe there are some people that don't like it when I don't speak or when he's not speaking and they don't understand that and they don't tell me, they just leave. But for those of you that have stayed, thank you, thank you so much. <clears throat> and so today I thought, honestly, usually, usually the Lord will start kind of drip feeding uh, something in, in my spirit that he wants me to speak on. Maybe you know, earlier in the week or, or maybe two weeks before, he'll begin to drip feed it. And, um, and so I'm always paying attention to that drip feed. And this week, uh, and then I'm paying attention when, there's, when he cuts the drip feed off and there's no drip feed. And so there's several times where I, instead of trying to make something up and, and trying to, 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 to present a message for the sake of presenting a message, uh, I really felt like a couple of times or three or four times that he wasn't speaking, so I wasn't supposed to speak. So for those of you who actually endured the 30 to 45 minutes of us uh, sitting in silence, how many people have, have you ever been a part of that? And, and that, uh, to be honest with you, that's the, I probably get the most feedback from those services, people saying, that's the best message I've ever heard you speak. <laughs> and I, I know what they're trying to say, and I agree with them because it's, what they're meaning is it's so powerful to sit in silence with the focus of him. And so, so I just say all that. I, I actually thought that today we were heading in that direction, which I'm totally fine with because I've learned that if he doesn't show up, <laughs> Ooh, there's no plan B. I can, I've, I've got a couple of puppets that I could do a couple of jokes with, but I mean, other than that, there, I have no, there's no, no plan B and you sure you absolutely do you not want me to sing a solo. So, uh, so I am very desperate every week 
to, to hear from him, to hear what he's wanting to do and to say. And so today, um, I was thinking about today is Rosh Hashanah or Rosh Hashanah, uh, and it's the, it's the beginning of the new year in, in, in the, Jew, in the uh, Hebrew calendar. But I was thinking about just, just the events that have led up to where we are uh, today. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, we, or no, it's more than that, three or four weeks ago, we, we embarked on a seven-day fast uh, as a church. And, it, and basically, we, we call this fast for the sake of the land. So it says that, so we're, we find our place, or find ourselves in a place that we've never been before. There, there's uh, people that, that are, you know, are saying we have never been in a worldwide pandemic like this. Not something that has shut down the economy, shut down the school systems, shut down, I mean, our very, uh, 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 not bring, not, not existence, but, but all of the, of, this has definitely affected our way of life. And uh, we talked about, how, you know, we just felt led to, 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 uh, to do a fast. And so we did a seven-day fast. It says that if my people, that's us, that's you, who are called by my name will humble themselves, that's fasting, and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. And so I thought, okay, well, let's, you know, we, we, that's our part. So that's what we did. Well, in that seven-day fast, I'm just giving you kind of my rendition of this. Uh-oh, hit that twice. Um, in that seven-day fast, when we're coming off of the seven-day fast, uh, if you remember that I, I was like, Lord, now what do we do? And I just saw the word consecrate. And uh, it's like, what in the world does that mean? Like we just did, we just consecrated ourselves. I just consecrated myself for seven days without eating and uh, that, I'm good with consecration. And the Lord said, no, 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 there's actually something else I'm wanting you to do. And so then I found this verse that said, where Joshua told his, his, the Israelites to consecrate yourself for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And I thought, oh, wow, could it be that the Lord is setting us up as a church in this invitation to consecrate ourselves is because he's wanting to do wonders among us tomorrow, which would be great. And <clears throat> are you guys with me? Do I need to go into more detail? You guys, okay, shake your head, say yes, turn to your neighbor and said, hey, I think we have permission to say amen here. <laughs> Nobody said that. That's, hey, guys, I get paid by the hour, so <laughs> I will draw it out of you one way or another. So, looked up the word consecrate because I'm one of these nerd guys, one of these guys like, what do you mean when you say consecrate? I think I understand. It's kind of like when, you know, if someone says, yeah, you know what, just paint the wall blue. Like we, 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 we've had these walls painted a couple of times and said, yeah, you know, just paint them, you know, gray or whatever. And someone comes in with, with some sh sort of shade of gray and you're like, that's not what I meant at all. They said, well, you said gray. I said, yeah, but not that kind of gray. And so when you said consecrate yourself, I'm saying, you know, I, 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 we just consecrated ourselves. What are you talking about? Actually, what I'm talking about is to dedicate to a purpose, to dedicate to the service of a deity. A, a deity is, what, is what I'm meaning, Jeff. I'm wanting you to give, basically said, I'm wanting you to give yourself completely to God. I said, oh, well, I thought I was. Well, you, you're in the ballpark, but I want your, my number one priority to be your number one priority, not to be in your top 10. 
Like, I think a lot of us, we have, our, we have our top 10 priority list, and they're not actually his top 10 priority list. His top 10 priorities, priority list would start with the first two. You will love the Lord your God with all of your heart, strength, soul, and mind. And then the second would be love your neighbors yourself. It's like, well, I've got those. Like, they're kind of mixed in down here. You know, it's, and he's like, no, no, I'm wanting those to be up like this. I said, oh, okay. So that's what I'm talking about with this consecration. I want you to have that kind of focus and I want you to have that kind of abandonment where you're giving yourself wholly to me. Say, so, oh, wow. Well, if that's what he's, so, so, and then to reinforce that, if you would, there's this verse in Joshua where it says, get up, command the people to consecrate themselves in preparation for tomorrow. For this is what the Lord God, the God of Israel says, hidden among you, O Israel, are things set apart for the Lord. And we had talked about those things that he was talking to. Uh, this was after they had conquered Jericho and they had come up against this next city of Ai or I or A or however you want to, just two letters, so that's what I can do. Um, <clears throat> come up against, and then they got slaughtered. And like, well, how did we get slaughtered? What happened? You, it worked over here. How come it's not working here? And the Lord was like, the Lord was saying, oh, it's because there are things that I have set apart for destruction that you have taken and hidden for yourself. You've kept them. And so he says, you will never defeat your enemies until you remove these things. And so one of the purposes of consecration is that we remove the hidden things in our life because if we don't, you will not be able to stand up against your enemies. So it's almost like an invitation. So, and remember, so the purpose of consecration, consecration means to be set apart. And so I was telling you, I, I, I'm familiar with being set apart, the, 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 the concept of being set apart. But, but the church that, 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 that I was associated with that had that concept, you were being set apart so that you wouldn't be contaminated. That was the whole purpose of being set apart. This is not what we're talking about. We're talking about being set apart for the sake of being consumed. That's what we're talking about. So, I'm just, I, I, what I'm trying to do is, is through this recap is to bring us all up to the same, on, be on the same page to, to be talking about what I feel like we're supposed to talk about today. Out of that, as we are, as I was talking about this whole thing of consecration, I came across this verse and it, 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 it hit me. It's gonna hit me again. It was hitting me when I was putting this together, hitting me in a good way. It says, the Lord said, I raised up prophets from among your children. I also set some of your young people apart to me as Nazarites. And I was thinking, oh my word, the Lord is letting me know, hey, Jeff, you're in a, you guys are in a season right now where I'm doing things that your eyes wouldn't believe if I told you, you wouldn't believe it if I told you. And one of the things I'm doing is, is I'm coming through, children, uh, parents, you need to listen to me. They are, he's anointing your children and some of your children, he is setting apart for himself as his mouthpiece. It's like, we wouldn't have done it at that age, but it's like, he's not asking us. And so you're gonna to begin to see your children say things and see things that you think it's their imagination and it's actually him. He is setting apart our children. And so that, so I told you, that is a holy thing. That's a very holy thing. 
So, so we find ourselves at this place now where today, or, or Friday at sunset, is Rosh Hashanah, which is the, the new beginning. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the beginning of the new year in the Hebrew calendar. And the thing that makes this a little, makes this message, I want to say this is not necessarily a, a message, so to speak. At least I'm not seeing it as a message. I, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing it uh, uh, almost as a, it, it's, a, it's almost a place that we are prophetically finding our place and, and today. So where we are today is a day of positioning before God. This is what I'm wanting, because Rosh Hashanah, in, according to the Hebrew culture, has to do with a couple of things. It is the beginning of a new year, yes. There's a looking forward to a new year. There's also a leaving behind of an old year. And the way that we actually leave behind the old year is, is Rosh Hashanah, we are called to remember and to repent. And the things that we remember are the things or the places, maybe, I mean, the places where he's come through, which is all really, really good, bring those forward. But the places where you didn't come through, where I didn't come through, leave those behind. Because there's, there's, a, there's an opening now for a fresh start. This is just who he is. It's bizarre. But there's a positioning that's happening right now. We, we have this position to where, and this is what's so important, we have this position to march into the new and, and be a part of what he's doing in the new and leave behind the things that have so entangled us and have kept us weighed down. We'll get into it. So today is a, less, a little bit less about a message, but I'm wanting, what I'm wanting you to catch is this is a positioning. There's an openness, there's an open. And the thing about it is, is on Friday, it started what's called the 10 days of awe. So for the, for the next 10 days, it culminates. It, it, there's a pinnacle called the Day of Atonement. We talked about the Day of Atonement. We talked about the Atonement almost six or seven months of last year and what he has done. And so this is actually, ha it, it happened. So here's the thing where, where we as uh, Gentiles, you know, I'm not saying that there's no Jewish people here, but we as Gentiles can kind of get off on, well, that, I understand that, and Jesus did this, uh, and so therefore uh, it doesn't really apply to me. Yes and no, because it's actually part of a Jewish culture, and it's actually still happening. There's that, so when Jesus came, he said, I, I, I didn't come here to eradicate or to abolish the law. I actually came to fulfill it. So there's a, there's a, there's a Jewish piece, if you would, of what's happening that's, that's, that I'm wanting us to pay attention to as Gentiles because there is an opening for us and, and, and there's a place where we are to step forward with him in this new year, this, this Hebrew new year. And he is so gracious that he is not counting our sins against us, but he's wanting us to remember and to repent. That's how we release it. So, what Rosh, Rosh Hashanah uh, is, is referred to as the Jewish New Year, and it signifies the preparation 
we are required to succeed in the coming year. And it's a call to, re- to remembrance and to repentance. It is a preparation of ourselves and our relationship with God to answer his call on our lives. That's what this is about. We are answering, we've said yes, but this is a way of partnering with him in real time. We are answering his call on our lives. So, the one of the things, that, and this is just to, to a, a different way of looking at it. So, Rosh Hashanah can be sometimes referred to as the head of the year. So, when, when I read this and thought head of the year, I thought the beginning of the year. Like the head of a, of a help me, not, not a physical head, but more like a, speak out. Help me here, huh? Yeah, yeah, like the, like the, the head of a, like the beginning of something. It's actually, it's the head of the new year. So if you think about in terms of the head of a new year, the things that are on the head are the eyes, the ears, the mouth. And so basically, um, uh, since the head is where our mind, ears, and mouth are located, it's important to direct the head in the appropriate direction. Okay, that's what Rosh Hashanah is. It's like putting on the yoke of God is what this is. The yoke turns the head and directs where our feet will go and what we will see. Okay, God's yoke is the only yoke that is not only without burden, but it actually points us in a direction that will bless us and others here and in heaven. So, this is one of the things that we feel like, I feel like that the Lord is saying in this time. It's Isaiah 43, 19. I am about to do something new. It is beginning to happen even now. Don't you see it coming? I'm going to make a way for you to go through the desert. I will make streams of water in the dry and empty land. It's beginning to happen now. Don't you see it coming? I am going to make a way for you to go through the desert. Think of where we are so far in 2020. In the Hebrew year, it's 50, it would be 5780. So they're, they're, in the Hebrew year, it's now 5781. So if you can take all the tumultuous stuff that has happened this, thus far, and if the Lord is wanting to speak because he's not bound by our uh, inabilities or, or catastrophes or whatever. He's, 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 able to, he's able to speak those things into his, to existence that don't exist right now. He is saying from that place, I'm about to do something new. Do you see it? I will make a way for you to go through the desert, through the dry place, through the place where there is no nourishment, through the place, I will make a way for you to go through the desert. Remember, we just talked about his faithful promises are our armor and protection. Jesus Christ, the faithful and true witness. Here's the one who is the faithful one is saying, in all of my faithfulness, I will make a way for you to go through the desert. It's incumbent upon us to believe it. The things that are stealing 
our belief are the things that are surrounding us and what we see. Gosh, a thousand people just fell. I will make a way for you to go through the desert, Jeff. Jeff, will you believe what I'm telling you and not base my faithfulness on what you think happened over here? It is a time to shake off the dust of the old and step into the new that God has for us this Rosh Hashanah, the beginning of this new year. This is where we are. This is the positioning. This is the positioning I'm talking about. This is where I'm trying to bring us to. There is an opening right here, Grace Center, for us to step into the new of, of the direction that he is headed and it's shaking off the dust of the stuff that we've been in this past year. Hallelujah. It is time to throw away our old playbook and accept that God has a new one for us, one that is specifically designed for the times that we live in and the times that we will encounter in these days and in the future. So there's a shift that's happening. It's happening right now. One of the, talking about, when you're talking about consecration, this verse uh, in, in 1 Corinthians says, don't you know that you are a temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? So it's stated here that we are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in us. The question is that's gonna be posed to, that's, this is all about still under consecration, still under um, uh, what, what we were just talking about. The question is in this new year, how holy is your temple? How consecrated is this temple? How set apart? Again, not set apart for the sake of, of, of trying to avoid contamination, set apart for the sake of being consumed. I, uh, I recently heard, heard a, a preacher talk about uh, this verse. And he talked about how um, th there's, there's this, he related it to uh, the verse where it says, you know, the gifts and the calling are without repentance. You guys familiar with that verse? You're gonna make me look it up. Get the gifts and the calling are without repentance or they're irrevocable. And <clears throat> this preacher was talking about, he said, he said there, he said, have you ever noticed, have you ever, he said, when you read this verse, you kind of have understanding because the gifts and the calling are irrevocable. It kind of makes sense when you see a church and I'm not, whose leadership is in sin and yet the church is still flourishing. And you're kind of going, how, do they, how, can, these two, how can these two things be? Said, it's because they're operating in the gifts and the calling. Which, when you're operating in the gifts and the calling, when, when we operate out of our gifts and our calling, what has a tendency to set in is selfish ambition and jealousy and competition. But he was saying, feels like that that season, if you would, is going to begin to close or shorten because this next season that we are entering into is about his glory. And his glory is not gonna rest on our glory. And so 
So anyway, so I was like, wow, that really helps me out. Because the thing, I, mean, I remember, you know, I mean, you guys know of people and, and heard of things like, how, how, could, how could the church have been as, as thriving as it was if this was happening and this was happening and this was happening? He's like, oh, it's because that, that was operating in the gifts and the calling which was irrevocable. But there's a glory that's coming that's not going to rest on man's, that, that has to do with man's glory. It's not gonna rest on man's glory. There's a glory that's coming. That's why he's saying, consecrate yourself for tomorrow I will do wonders among you. All right. So, as we are entering into another year, let's prepare ourselves to receive his goodness and his mercies this year. That's the thing. That's the thing. As we are moving in, we, the one thing that we want to remember is, is that his mercies are new every morning. So for some of us, and, for, and I'm throwing myself in this, we have been listening to a radio station called WNEG, negative. And WNEG, everything is negative. Everything is negative about you. Everything's negative about the world. Everything's negative. Everything, everything. And this radio station that we play in our head all day long goes completely contrary against the gospel. Goes completely contrary to the, 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 the atoning blood. Goes completely contrary to the good news about you and I needing a savior. The fact of the matter is, is you and I will never escape the fact that you don't need a Savior. So, his mercies are new every morning. For who? For the one that has it all together? For the one that hasn't sinned? No, for me. The one who's struggling, the one who's paddling water, treading water to keep so I don't drown. That's the one. His mercies are new every morning. It's just, do you believe it? Do we believe it? All right. One of the things I wanted to say this as well. I didn't say this to the first service. One of the, 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 the there are symbols through, uh, for Rosh Hashanah. Uh, one of them is um, uh, 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 pomegranates. One, uh, there's another uh, symbol of, so I think there's a, there's a feast, apples and honey. The honey represents the sweetness of the new year that you're about to walk into. The sweetness that, that God has prepared, a sweetness, if you would, for each one of us to walk in in this new year. So, as we prepare for the year ahead, anticipate the sweetness that will come as we are promoted, each one of us is gonna be promoted into a new level of faith in him. Yes. 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 Jeff, <laughs> dude, if I went up here speaking, I'd be down there going, hey man, that, that's a good word right there. Okay, so here's what I wanna do. So again, this is not really a message. We're gonna participate. We're in this place of positioning. And so we are gonna participate in this positioning in that we are gonna make declarations. It's so interesting about 
I was thinking about, uh, uh, about this whole topic of declarations. James, you know what, let's just get to this. James said it best. In James chapter three, he says, indeed, we all make mistakes for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. What is James saying? He is saying our tongues are like the bit of a horse and like the rudder of a ship. The course of our lives are determined by our speech. That's what he's saying. So the thing that I'm wanting, one of the ways that we can partner with God is that we can begin to say the same things that he says about himself as we enter into this new year. Which is like right now. I think it's, oh, well, it's over today at sunset. So it started, it's two days, two days long. Started Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then starts out with some other stuff. You can tell me what that is. But anyway, it, end, it ends with the Day of Atonement. So we're entering into the 10 days of awe right now. So, okay. First declaration. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If you want to take a picture of this or write it down, whatever you want to do. But the thing about it is, guys, can I just encourage you to take this to heart as meaningless as it might seem. Take it to heart and this week begin to use your words and say these things out loud. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. When the enemy comes in like a flood to accuse you to you, this is the one verse that you can hold up and say, I'm a new creation. Behold the old things. Well, who defines what is old? It's like, like is he talking about 20, 30 years ago? No, 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 he's talking about old can be Five minutes ago, yesterday. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. When I say that, I am taking my position with him in agreement with what he said he's going to do. Do not let the enemy come in and trip you up or give you a, a bad report card on what you did yesterday. Wad that thing up and throw it away. The next one, John chapter one, verse 12. But to all who believed him, Jesus, and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Do you believe him? Have you accepted him? Guys, do you believe him? Have you accepted him? You're a child of God. I am a child of God. People, there's a place where we as a church have got to start taking our, our, our place in, in our identity in him. If we don't, we're gonna get knocked out of our seat so quick until we learn who we are and what he has done for us through the atonement and begin to appropriate, begin to apply, begin to put this on. You're no longer an orphan. You are a child of God. 
As long as the enemy can get you to think that you're an orphan, as a man thinks, so is he. That's why it's, this is what's called renewing the mind. Our mind has a propensity to go back to what it knows, to go back to the, to the, 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 the Slow of, de- slow of despair, <laughs> S-L-O-U-G-H, and hang out there. We like to hang out there. And Jesus is going, no, I've done way too much. Yes. Begin to say what I've been saying to you. Yes. It's what he's saying. I'm a child of God. You are a child of God. I'm a child of God. Yes. So when the enemy comes in, I am a child of God. Get away from me. All who believe and accepted him. Can I just tell you this one? The one that accepted him, that's tough because there's a lot of times we don't accept ourselves. And it's hard for us to, to, to actually to, to believe that he has accepted us in spite of all of our weaknesses. And yet he does. He accepts you in spite of all of your weaknesses. Your weaknesses. He knew what he was getting into. When he took you on. Psalms 28, seven through eight. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him and I am helped. Oh boy, just look at the verb tense. My heart trusted, past tense, and I am, present tense, helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song, I will praise him. The Lord is their strength, and he is the saving refuge of his anointed. So we say, Lord, when I put my trust in you according to this word, I step into your strength and shield in my life. His faithful promises are a shield, Psalm 91, and a wall around us. How? How? When we step into, when we say, no, your promises, when we begin to apply it. Again, guys, this is all about a position today. This is about a positioning. As we are positioning today, we're, we together corporately are going into this new place with God. Galatians three thirteen. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. This is so hard to believe. This is so hard to believe. The thing about it is we want punishment. We want to punish ourselves. And he's like, you can't, it's an affront to the cross. I took your punishment. Ah, but that's not fair. Exactly. For it is written in the scriptures, cursed, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. I, you, I am redeemed from the curse of sin. Then Jeremiah 29, 11 I know the plans I have for you, announces the Lord. I want you to enjoy success. I know the plans that I have for you, announces the Lord. When it's all caps like this, this is like the the creator. This is the the one who created everything, announces the Lord, the the one who made the universe. 
is saying, I know the plans I have for you. I want you to enjoy success. Why is that so hard for us to believe? Because the faithfulness of who he is has been eroded. The faithfulness of who he is in our life has been eroded. We have bought into this is not what he wants for us. He wants to bring us harm. That is the faith, that is the outworking of the, of, of the faithfulness being eroded in your hearts and in your minds. I do not plan to harm you. I will give you hope for the years to come. So, it's time to let go of the past and receive what God is giving in a new, fresh way. Change is happening whether we like it or not. Even if we stay stuck inside of our homes or whatever for another month or a year or whatever, it doesn't matter. Life as we know it will never look the same. The question is, will we run to God and take up his promises? Because with his promises, people, that's the thing I didn't say. In this next year, for you are new mantles. telling you, so I, I, I hear you. I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I appreciate it. But I am trying to bust through from a mentalist. You, you've given me mental assent for us as a church grabbing a hold of this with the, with the teeth of faith. But what has happened, what's going to happen to you in this next year is the Lord is bringing, going to bring you another mantle. It's going to give you another anointing. He's taken us, taking you from glory to glory. This is a day of positioning right now where we recognize, ho, 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 hey, let me go ahead and get rid of my stuff. I am on board. I don't know what it's gonna look like, but I trust you. You are faithful. Your promises are, a faith, like, are, 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 are an armor for me. Your, your faithful promises are my armor and my protection. What was I thinking? Doing this doesn't work at all. So, on September the 18th at sunset, which was Friday, the new biblical year arrived. We are passing from one season to the next in terms of time, but also spiritually. So it's a place of decision, a catalyst of God's appointed change. We can go kicking and screaming, filled with the fear of the unknown, or we can trust Abba, our Father, and walk in step with him. If we turn to him, we can enter the next season in boldness. And that's what, that's, that's, that, I think that's what I'm saying. Is that we would enter into this next season in boldness. So, it's time to enter Rosh Hashanah with repentance and gladness because the best is yet to come. Even, even, even in saying that, I could hear the whispers of the enemy wanting us to look in the rearview mirror at the places where it seems like he didn't come through. Let go. Let go. Let go. Let God. In Jesus' name. Amen.